and welcome to another episode of Dying to Meet You. And today we have someone who flew all the way across the border uh, from KL to be sitting here with us. Yes, uh, thank you for doing this special edition, you know, all the way from Malaysia. You, you awesome. flew here for me, right? Because you were dying of course, to meet me, right? I'm dying to meet you. <laughs> yes, exactly. Death has always been a certainty. That's what I like about Endless topics that we can talk about. Dying to meet you. Welcome to my podcast. Uh, yeah, I'm the. I'm obviously not the reason why he's here. He's uh, because he's here for uh, sake, sake weekend mm. um, that was held just over the last weekend. So anyway, this is Ray Chow, and Ray Chow, I know him. I think the first time I know you was virtually, virtually mm. where I, I attended your training, and then subsequently was. Barcelona and then KL and then today I have got the honour to have you sitting with me uh, doing this interview and even though it was a very last minute invitation because before you fly back, before your whole schedule get booked up by other fellow <coughs> EOers, I know everyone is hard out to meet you to, oh, today. And last, by last minute she means uh, she just asked me yesterday night. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> hey, so tomorrow what are you doing? Uh, hey, you see, that's what buddy is for, right? You know, I call you, yes, you'll come. But you know, thank you so much Ray for joining us today and I think there's a lot of things that our um, listeners can also gain from. Like, you know, just sitting with Ray for even just two to three hours I learned so much I, I can still re recite everything that you told wow. told me I need to write notes you know of course the power of one is still so powerful until today uh, and I think you know uh, today the listeners can definitely gain something so just for the the sake of the listeners and for the interest of the listeners maybe you can share a little bit more about what you do but uh, guys I need to preempt you <laughs> if I were to ask him to describe everything he do I think he can take up the entire podcast so first yeah, of all we have three how, hours yes <laughs> First of all, how many business do you own? Uh, today, I co-found, founded, uh, or invested in 11, mm -hmm. 11 different businesses. 11? Oh my, my god, I have difficulty even running in one. And then this guy has 11. So, I'm yes. just a sucker for torture. <laughs> sucker. We're all slaves to our uh, companies, yes, right? Yes. yes so maybe you can share a little mm. bit more out of this 11. What uh, do they comprise of? Sure. Um, I'm, I'm in a way a sucker for torture, but mm. I'm really very passionate about growing businesses. Mm. So I have a business in technology, mm. and that was one of the companies that I started back in 2003. Um, I sold that company last year. So after 18 long years, wow. uh, finally, that was the second company I sold. Uh, I also have a business in uh, sake. So I import sake from uh, Japan into Singapore. Mm. Uh, also own a business academy. So I help companies to grow and scale their business. And an FMB, so an FMB chain in uh, Malaysia, and a couple of other dabbles in uh, e-commerce. Mm -hmm. So we sell, um, we trade musical, pre-loved musical instruments online. Oh wow! Yeah. Why musical instrument? Because you are you are a player. I mean, you're a musician yourself, right? Yeah. So I grew up in the music industry. Oh. So music has always been a passion. Mm. But at the early stage of life, when I was uh, into music and all that. I realized that uh, it's an it's an industry which you really cannot make money. Yeah. <laughs> right? So I remember I, I was in London for about five years. Okay. Then I came back to Malaysia, and you know I applied for a job in the music industry. Like wow, all very confident. Yeah. Okay, 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 I'm gonna be the next music star yeah. and all that, right? And I went to apply a job. I was a sound engineer. Yeah. In the in Southeast Asia's largest recording studio. Okay. Uh, in KL, right? Thinking wow. Just go apply for the most Surely the, the biggest lah. Yeah, yeah. Sure, get one la. Then they saw my resume. And said, okay, we want you, right? And okay, so then I said, how much? It's okay, uh, we can pay you six hundred. Mm. Um, I came from London, right? So mm. we were normally paid weekly. Mm. I said, oh, you see what? Six hundred US dollars a week. So no, no, no. We can pay you six hundred ringgit a month. <laughs> I'm like, ah. So I was like, <laughs> I was completely dejected, and that gave me a realization of the music industry. Malaysia mm, mm. and I guess in Asia in general, mm, right? In Asia, yeah. You can't, you can't. So it was either continue to be a struggling musician mm. or pivot. Mm. And that was my first taste of the word pivot. Oh. Which I think in business we always hear a lot of times, right? Mm. Uh, where do we pivot to? Mm. We Even need COVID to pivot. Time, yes. COVID times, many of us pivoted. Um, and that's when I went into technology. Wow. So yeah. isn't that a big change? Because your, uh, um, your discipline or your study was in music, right? Yeah. Wow. That's a big yeah. change, no? Very big change. Mm. Um, I was not technically trained, right? Um, purely an arts person, mm. so I'm very creative in nature. Yep. 
so I had to go back into technology. I went to self-study, right? And that was, this is back in like 1998. Uh -huh. when I, and that was the time of the uh, global financial crisis. Sure. Right? So, and that was the time the IT, technology first, the dot-com boom. Right? Yeah. yeah. So it was just, the bubble just started, right? Yeah. So it was, IT was a big thing. Big so I thought, okay, la, this, this industry probably will last for a while. Uh. So I went into that, la, not wow. knowing what to expect, but just making a bet that this would be something that's better than music, <laughs> la, better than a 600 ringgit <laughs> oh per <my>. month job. <laughs> la. Oh, so, so you had music, you have FMB. I also have FMB. It's mm. called Funeral and Bereavement. See? Oh, I got, yeah, oh, there you nice. go. Uh, <laughs> then you have uh, technology. Oh no, you have training. Training. Learning, yeah. Mm. Any other side business or business that uh, that you haven't covered yet? Uh, or you would like lot, to? Yeah, you want to go into, you know. There's one, there's one I've always wanted to, to cover, right? Which mm. was in the, uh, well, what's it called? Um, it's, mm. it's the whole, uh, what we call... Uh, education, uh, mentoring. Uh, not mentoring, education. Mm. It's, it's the whole practice of uh, uh, learning through learning through uh, observation. Learning through observation. NLP? It's, no. No, it's not NLP. So yeah. I, I had a chat with somebody in the US yep. uh, probably about six years ago, right? And he had this practice where all he had to do, right, was just to watch people, huh. right? And through the watching, you do a lot of reflection. And through the reflection, right, you do journaling, you write, you uh. talk to other people and all uh. that, right? And then you gather your thoughts. Mm. And then some people will write books, some people will do this and that, right? But I was just very fascinated with the whole practice of it. And he actually does it as a real business. Oh, wow. And I don't know how he does it, but it just it fascinates me. So he gets students by, you know, learning to sit at Starbucks and watch people. Yeah. Wow. Like how the French uh, basically sits at cafes Cafe, and uh, just watch people walk by, yes. right? Yeah. So that's actually a career that you can build a business from. My God. Oh, my God. Well, you never know, you know, anything can be built, right? I mean... Who would think that people are influencer and making so much money as an influencer? I was just talking about how do people, you know, if I was born in this era now mm. and the TikTok, you know, and to me, you said you did TikTok earlier. Yeah, you did but not the... Oh, the dancing one? Come on, you can no. dance, man. Ray, come on. <laughs> I want to see that, you know, dancing no. <laughs> president, EO representing Kita. Oh, gosh. Yeah, but you know, the... The, I think the whole, um, you would say the whole world is changing, the way business yeah. is done. I mean, years ago, business would be like, yeah, uh, uh, the mom and pop, they really gone through poverty, how they survive. And, and we were just talking about, you know, the next generation taking over the business. And then our generation wants to do something that we're very passionate about. It's like a calling, like, I want to do this. And realizing what's your potential, right? Yeah. But then the next, you know, even... My, my girls era I wonder yeah it, even just watching the girls getting so influenced by TikTok um, or even you know there's a dare trend that mm. asks people to go and commit suicide or yeah, dare you yeah. to commit suicide yeah. it's, it's weird like how people why don't people do good right and, and if we can spread the word of goodness or kindness to people but I think but, but see that's the thing you see mm. and you see today business is tough mm. I'm not sure whether you felt it right how long have you been doing this mm. my funeral business uh, my own company 12 years my I mean in the funeral industry for 18 yeah, yeah. so can you imagine in the last 12 years if mm. you recall 12 years ago and today mm. very different yeah absolutely. the way we advertise the yes. way we hire people the way people come and uh, yeah. you know get our services so different absolutely. and business is so tough right mm. um, I, I run a business academy so I help our business other business grow and the things that we teach today is very different than just what we taught last year. Mm, oh, wow. Right? Yes. Um, today, regards to marketing, yeah. we are not only in competition with our neighbours anymore, mm. right? We're in competition with everyone in the world. Globally. Can you imagine? It's so tough. Yeah, absolutely. Right? right? Hiring is so difficult. Yeah. Right? I think it's, it's tough for Singaporeans now to hire somebody in Singapore. Mm. So everybody has to go out of Singapore to hire people. Mm. And then you have to understand language this yeah. and Asia is very difficult because there's so many different languages absolutely I, I think that that business is constant learning constant people thing I think the word was like you know you have to adjust I think during COVID it must be difficult for you because you have 11 business mm. so how did you manage during that part of did you pivot a lot or everything was like yeah because you spread the eggs right so some must be doing well some must be yeah you need to pivot what was it like for you the last two years I, I think the 
the good thing about ele- owning 11 businesses in good times <laughs> good times is everything is good okay the pivoting is i mean the the, the diversification is good mm. in times of covid yes. which is not something that everybody predicts right yep. it's every 11 businesses suffers mm. so the the suffering also is times 11 oh boy. right so mm. i have an fmb business which uh, we we serve wine uh, uh, and our focus and our target is to target business owners which wants to have a glass of wine uh, for a meeting, right? So we are typically packed. COVID hit, <gasps> zero business, mm. right? Nobody orders a steak for, for, for you know, um, we're just going to order steak and wine yeah, yeah. to eat at home, right? <laughs> so completely zero business. And then how right? do you pivot? Um, so how we pivoted was that we, under, we, we asked ourselves, what is it that we have? Okay. So we went back down to the foundations, right? There's only two ways to pivot. Mm. So it's either that I leverage my strength mm. or I go completely different and different angle. So we looked at our strengths and one of our strengths was we have a kitchen. Mm. So a kitchen can literally cook anything, right? And because we were a non-halal kitchen, so just that one thing we can't cook, okay. right? Which we yeah. can't call ourselves a, not, a, a pork uh, mm. or rather a, we can't cook for people that oh, don't yes. eat pork, right? Mm. So we started a new brand on uh, on food panda and grab and uh just to serve the normal uh pork pork <laughs> luncheon meat fried rice and <laughs> quick food, yeah, food yeah, which yeah. is comfort food which we felt that this would be people this would be things that people ordered yeah and also Different i brand. think the pricing also plays a part right because yeah. you don't want it to be too expensive because during covid some people are jobless and yeah. you want to make it affordable correct and, yeah and we understood that we can't call it our brand Mm. So we actually started a new brand and put that brand on okay. Grab. Are you still using this? No, not that... anymore. Oh, so we you don't just need take to. it away. So we oh. just take it out. Yeah. So it, the, the reason why we did that pivot was because we could actually um, start and stop at any time mm. and it will not affect our brand positioning yeah. at the start. Oh, I see. You see, yeah. this is so important. This is something I learned from Ray about brand positioning. Yes, I remember we had this talk right about uh, my company, and then you give me this Am idea. I to drink? Sure, you yeah. you're allowed to do anything, <laughs> right? If you if you want to dance here, I don't think I mean except maybe Yuji will be like, hmm, <laughs> and the next thing he's gonna join you. I think you two have a memo, like the two of you are dressed in the same color. I'm I'm always dressed in white. <laughs> it's like white shirt, and I think it's the first time I see you in white shirt. Eugene? The men always have a white shirt and a black shirt. That's right. That's very true. Yes, very so, true. yes. So <laughs> it's like Elon Musk, right? Always. No, not Elon Musk. Uh, the Apple guy. Steve Jobs. Yes, Steve Jobs, Steve, yeah, Steve Jobs is neck. always in the... So I'm always in a white shirt. Oh, yeah, that's true. Mm. Oh, that's true. Also, it's like me, you know. I'm always in the black. Because uh, I open up my wardrobe, everything is black. I just grab, <laughs> I know which one I'm wearing, you know. It's always all. <laughs> So, I mean, having 11 business, you have, uh, you know, uh, challenges. It's 11 times challenges. Mm. So, why do you think having so many businesses works for you? Um, I actually don't recommend mm. 11 businesses for everybody. But um, if, I think at one point of time as a business owner, we always have this dream or this itchy backsideness. <laughs> To just want to try some, yeah, I want to yeah. try something new, never right? Here, never and everybody will always have this dream of owning a restaurant, right? Everybody <laughs> always says, okay, I want to own a restaurant one day. Yeah. Serve the food I like yeah, yeah, at yeah, the yeah, price. Right? <laughs> Until they go in and say, oh my God, I shouldn't have done this, right? Um, so, but then I think um, the, the good thing about it is you get to live your dreams of owning mm. different businesses. And, and for me, the one thing that I really wanted was um, really building companies. Yeah. And I discovered that. Mm. Right. Um, in the past, when I started my business, so I started my first business at the age of fourteen. Fourteen. Yeah, yeah, but not by choice. Okay. So my parents got divorced at an early age when I was mm. early age, right, at the age of twelve, and life changed for me. Mm. Um, and I had to help my mom out, right. So at the age of fourteen, uh, so she started baking, mm. and something that she loved to do. Um, it was me and my sister, so she couldn't. She couldn't really go and find a job or anything, right? She hadn't. She hadn't worked for more she than. She was like uh, a housewife. Yeah, she was a housewife for for the longest time that I knew her, right? Mm. So I became her number one uh, salesman <laughs> at the age of fourteen. Uh, oh, well, I was her only salesman, <laughs> so it wasn't difficult. <laughs> and you come free of charge, so. Yeah, man. Yeah, correct. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I learned a lot 
uh, mm. from that first kind of a business. Mm. I learned how to value add. I learned how to pick a target market. Wow. I learned how to, you know, uh, find a niche for my sales, self-sales. And my niche at the age of 14 was, I call it the, the PT technique. La. Please la, buy. La. I'm 14 <laughs> years old. La. Don't. La. Please buy. Please. Yeah, yeah. So that was you my know, number hey, one thing. Hey, you know your advantage, yeah, man. Yeah. When you're 14 years old, yeah, you just plead. It's always a... You know, I, I remember when I was in my financial days, I... Uh, and, and back then, you know, financial advisor, when you meet people, they are like, hey, don't sell me anything. Uh. You haven't even opened <laughs> yeah. up your mouth and said, hey, don't sell me anything. Uh. So then my mentor taught me a method. And he's like, okay, go to your friend, ask your friend um, to help you by being an observer. Hmm. And being, you know, say, like, hey, look, you know, I, I know I'm not trying to sell you anything, but I just need you to help. Uh, me watch my presentation you know is there any words that I shouldn't be using or what's my hand gesture what's my body language I knew I need you to observe that for me mm. but because back then when I was in the financial advisor uh, we were very we were in the infancy stage so we could differentiate ourselves from insurance agents mm. very mm. easily right mm. so it was through this like hey friend friend now you come and just watch lah okay support me by watching not asking you to buy anything lah. But after the presentation, they will usually feel very, oh, this is something different from insurance mm-hmm. agent. Uh, what can you do for me? I said, oh, actually what we can do for you is do a review of your policies and then see what you need. You know, you don't want to keep buying the same umbrella that's having the same hole, right? You want yeah. to make sure that you buy different uh, protections. And then in the end, instead of them, you know, being so guarded, they already uh, brought down the, the, the guard. So I, I always find this is where, you know, there's always a saying, don't ask for permission, uh, seek for forgiveness. Ask yeah, for yeah. forgiveness. It's easier, right? to, it's easier, easier to, to ask for forgiveness than ask for permission. Yeah, exactly. Paito, yeah. paito. And, and you know, sometimes, even talking about that, even being a woman in mm. my industry, I, um, I ask my ladies, you know, sometimes it's also easier for you to use the first, the fact that we are female, mm. there's certain things that we can do. Mm. Maybe it, it will be difficult uh, for a gentleman to do. For yeah. like example, if we want to hold or support the mom or the grandma, it's easier for us mm. than a man. Maybe they may not be comfortable for yeah. a man. So yeah, I think always knowing what uh, advantage point you have, right? And then yeah. see, there you go. Are you still doing that? I guess you, you still use that technique, right? What? Pitying people, please la, buy la, yeah, all the time. Oh, you ask your members, right? Yes, hey, please uh, join the event, please. please. <laughs> buy my sake. <laughs> so, 14 years old, you did that. Um, you know, coming back to personal, I just wanted to ask, uh, because it was interesting that you stayed with your mom, hmm. even though she wasn't the breadwinner, is that right? And then instead of your dad, was there a reason how you stayed with mom and not with your dad? I don't know what actually transpired. Hmm. And the thing about my family at that time was that um, we hardly communicated bad news. So mm. I never knew, we were not, you know, when you watch movies and then, you know, the parents come and sit you down and says, you know, dad and mom is getting divorced. We never had that, mm. right? We had to just figure it out ourselves. Yeah. Oh. So one day, we, me and my sister realized that, hey, uh, our dad is not staying with us anymore. Oh, right? he didn't even talk to you guys? No, huh. right? So, uh, but, but, you know, I grew up with a dad who was a pilot. Mm. So he was, traditionally out of the house quite a lot. And when he used to come back, he would enjoy his hobbies, fishing, mm. diving, and so on, right? So one day we just realized that, oh, he's not, he's not around anymore. <laughs> and then, so then I said, okay, hmm. And did okay. you guys call him like that when you're coming home? No, I, I did not get along well with my dad. Oh. Yeah. He, at, when I was very young, I will always remember him as this very hot-tempered, Mm. Um, angry person, right? And I, I, whenever I had conversations with him, he would always end up with with uh, me crying or him uh, shouting or uh, me getting the cane or something like that, right? So it was a very difficult experience to go through. So I remember when I was going through that period, when I was between 11 to, or rather 12 to 14, I had a lot of mixed feelings. Uh, one part of me was feeling uh, lost or confused. Another part of was, me was feeling happy. Mm. And I was actually happy that uh, I didn't have to see him again. Mm. Right? So, a, a lot of mixed feelings. Yeah. yeah. What would you describe your relationship with him now? Now? Mm. Now, we don't have the best of relationship, but we see each other uh, every Chinese New Year. Mm. Um, I go and visit him. Uh, he's remarried now. Uh, so, I visit him every Chinese New Year and every birthday, I will call mm. him out for a, for a meal. And I realized one thing, right? Um, after that period, when I went to college, um, he would visit me when I was in London. 
he was a pilot, right? So he yeah. would go to London pretty often. And he, he was a completely different person huh. than how I remember him when he was a, I was a, I was a child. He became this one of the nicest people I know, hmm. right? Um, and just became like almost like a buddy, right? And and I was at, at first I was very apprehensive, right? I'm like, it was going on, <laughs> right? But then I started asking myself, right? What what happened? Yeah. How come, right? And I realized that you know after going through my own relationships in the years and so on, I realized that perhaps he was that way because he was just unhappy. Mm. He was perhaps unhappy in a relationship or unhappy with that. Yeah. My mom is the nicest person in the world, right? Everyone comments that and I know for that for a fact. Yeah. So when I was growing up, I always felt like a bit of a disappointment. Like, how can you not love this woman, which is like the nicest person in the world? Mm. But I think I realized that at the end of the day, you know, two people just need to align and this needs to click. Yeah. The chemistry must be there. And the the the, what would you call that? Chemistry and um, com- the uh, compatibility. Thanks, Eugene. <laughs> the compat must be too many drinks. <laughs> chemistry and the compatibility must be there. Mm. So even and chemistry alone just doesn't cut it, right? Because mm. it will get you in the door, but it will not last. Sustain, yeah. right? oh. So two people can be the nicest people on earth, but they, if they don't have the compatibility, yeah. it may cause an unhappy relationship. Yeah, and that's probably what happened. Yeah. When they were both out of the relationship. They're both happier. They're both happier. My dad is this, <laughs> this happy person in life. Yeah. You know, he's like almost 80 now and he's mm. still climbing mountains. Oh, and wow. he's a, he's a, I, I got that from him, like the genes yeah. of, of sportsmanship, right? Mm. And yeah, so. I think, one you of know, the, yeah, I, I find like divorce is always. Um, I mean, again, you know, now that this day and age, uh, people, when they get into a relationship, if things doesn't work out, they get a divorce. And I always say that I'd rather people be happily separated than to be miserable together, mm. right? Yeah. And, and I think if separation can make both happy and not affect the kids, mm. I think that's the beauty. Lah. But unfortunately, it doesn't apply to everybody, you know? Sometimes people hold on to ah, certain root cause that we don't yeah. know. And, and, and I talk about that. this a lot, right? Mm. So I was talking to a fellow EO member recently. So mm. she's, a, she's a single mom mm. and she's raising two boys. Mm. So she, she, she gets very worried. Right? So she gets very worried and she asked me, how did you get through? So I told her, um, look at me today. Right? I says as a child, I think not having that father figure, I definitely had a bit of disciplinary problems. <laughs> right? So there's nobody to discipline me. Right? So I started smoking when I was 12. Mm-hmm. I started drinking and partying when I was 13, 14. Go oh, to clubs wow. when I was 14 years uh-huh. old. Which was maybe not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Right? I, was, I was mixing around with the wrong crowd at the age of 15, 16. By the time I turned 18, 19, I was pretty much Done. tired and, and I was sick, just like right? sick of all that, right? I was just like, I don't want to drink anymore. So I said, okay, let's do business. So, <laughs> so I started business at a very early age, right? Um, yeah. so, um, so I told her this, right? Yeah. Uh, one of the things that really got me through is that, you know, throughout my that period between 12 to 18, mm. super rebellious. Mm. And I tell you, I give it to my mom. Mm. She was the most patient person, right? Whatever she, I, whatever mm. stupid things I went through, she'll be there for me. She'll be very patient. The one thing that she did constantly for me is she always told me how to be a good person. Wow. Right? No matter how much I rejected it, I said, ah, oh, this is bullshit. Nah, 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 I'm not going to listen to you. Right? But she always constantly teach me to be a, how to be a good person. Mm. And one day, everything just clicked. Yeah. Right? And I, I think I turned out pretty okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're sitting as a president, you know. Hello. <laughs> president or EO and running 11 businesses, you know. Yeah, it, you know, I think when we look at you, if you tell me that was your past, I wouldn't have imagined uh, someone who's a drinker. Drinker? Yeah, you still drink. But I think selective drinking, you know, you know what is good alcohol, not just binge drinking. Yeah. Uh, smoker, definitely, I didn't think of you that way. But we all go through our past and I think all our past teach us uh, make, us, make us who we are mm. today. And I always uh, felt that if today you were given the same load of information or you go back in the, few, uh, in the past, would you change anything? 
Yeah, and I realized my answer is always no. Mm. Yeah, you you are who you are because yeah. of what you went through, right? And that's how you learn. So, what would you describe as your lowest point? Was the divorce something that was mm. your lowest point? No. So, mm. so um, when I do my lifeline, right? Yes. Whenever I sh- I sh- I will always flash my overall lifeline, lifeline one, yeah. right? And everybody says, wait, wait, no, no, no. I, we want your lifeline, not your heartbeat graph. <laughs> so l- l- let the listener uh, understand what's a lifeline. So in, in EO, Entrepreneur Organization, we do a lot of lifeline where we do Y. So you draw like a X and Y axis. And then the X axis is where you put the length, which is your age, you know. And then the, the Y axis is the level of happiness. Yeah, you say so happiness? your yeah. significant moments, in, moments and, yeah. uh, and the highs yes. and the significant lows. In the negative range. Negatives, yeah. Yeah. So you have to chart. And I think this exercise was very powerful because a lot of times we don't even... It's like unlocking, right? Correct. All the past experience that you never knew. Oh, actually this affected me. And, and when you chart that, that's really where you know, oh, this was the reason why it's so low. Yeah. And then do you... Then you, went, you go through another low point is this as low as this particular point in the past, right? Yeah. And I guess when you say yours is like a heartbeat, it means yeah. that there's a lot of highs and lows. And, ex- and the graph explains to you why uh-huh. you're so screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know. <laughs> it's uh-huh. like, no, but if you constantly have been the low, then something is not right. You're not doing something different, yeah. you know. And yeah. then, yeah, so yours is like a heartbeat. Okay, tell yeah. me about it. <laughs> um, I, I guess one of the lowest uh, was probably in 2000 and Nine, at the yep. end of 2009. Mm. So, um, I started this technology business in 2003. So, for that period, the first five to six years, right, I was flying, mm. right? It was like the best years of my life, right? 30% to 50% growth every year. I went from a, a $500,000 uh, business to a $10 million business, yeah. right? In just a span of uh, five to six years. I was doing a product which nobody wanted to do at the time. Mm. And this is one of my strengths, right? I, I like to, I don't call it a strength. Maybe I just, you know, uh, just want to do things which nobody else does, right? Um, and we were doing this. So at, in 2007, about 2007, we had competitors. Mm. And actually, these, were, these competitors were trained by me. Oh. Right? Because I was doing a lot of talks yeah, and yeah. then uh, teaching people what we do and mm. this and that, right? Being very arregant, mm. right? Saying, ah, oh, you know, if, this is how we, how we do things and this and that. So then as more competitors came, um, I remember a conversation that I had back in 2007-ish. And uh, my salesperson came up to me and says, boss, um, remember this deal, this customer that we've been doing business for the last four years? Okay. Um, there's another com- competitor which is bidding against us now. So I said, show me. So I looked at the name. Oh, this guy is the one I trained. Right? Don't worry. Mm. Right? So I actually said this to my salesperson. I said, don't worry. I said, don't worry because we are four to five years ahead of anybody else in the industry. industry yeah. Yeah. Right? Our customers will it's know lawyer. who to choose. Uh-huh. And I said, our customers will know who to choose. <gasps> right? And, and if you are... If you're an apple and apple, yeah. how would you choose an apple? Yeah. Right? Obviously, the cheaper apple mm. because it looks the same. Mm. And I was so arrogant, I didn't realize that. So, more and more, we started to lose deals. Mm. And in 2007, I was such on a high, I started to employ more people than I need to anticipate that I would get more business. So, I would train and anticipate more people. But then, that didn't happen. More and more people... Uh, Start, more, we, more and more, we lost, lost customers. Um, and then I got into a bit of debt. Mm. And I was still arrogant and more debt and more debt. And at one point in 2009, I was owing the bank about a million plus dollars. Oh I God. was uh, owing suppliers another million dollars. My phone, until today, my phone is in, cons- in a perpetual silent mode. Because you scared I have this you? trauma of calls. Because <laughs> oh, at that time, every call would be uh, somebody asking for money. Mm. It's either the bank or supplier asking, when are you going to pay me? Mm. So I'll just silent my phone perpetually. And I didn't know how to get out of it. Um, and one, and it was one day that, um, so over here, you guys call it CPF. Right? Yeah, EPF, right? EPF Malaysia. in Malaysia, right? So um, 
we had we had just zero cash to 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 pay even the the CPF right, so I held the CPF payments mm-hmm. right. So I said okay okay I'll pay it next month right, and unfortunately one of my staff found out. So then I I tried to explain right. Says no no no, it's not that we are not going to pay. We're not cheating you of your money. It's just that we we just need a month mm. right. Unfortunately, it's already done right, and, and we did a bad thing. So they didn't they didn't take it lightly lah. Mm. So a couple of them started leaving. I went from twenty six people down to four people in five months. Wow! Right, um, and that was in two thousand nine. That was also a time which uh, my my father in law passed away. Mm. Right, my father in law passed away from cancer. Oh, sorry. It was just three months, right? Wow. And he just left us in three months. And the reason why that was so significant was because. In the story that I told you earlier about me and my dad mm. having a very uh, extra- strange. strange uh relationship, my father-in-law was this father that Eagle. I had always imagined mm. that I had. So he treated me really well and I got mm. along with him. So when he got, got cancer and he passed away in three months, it, it affected me. It affected the whole family, mm. right? So with that, uh, and then I I argued so much with my 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 wife because mm. was, I was just in so much of a torment right yeah. from every different angle and I remember i was sitting in my car one day um and i was just i didn't know what to do and i actually told my, i actually played this scene in my head of a movie which you know if you turn on your engine and you leave your and you icon and you wind up all the windows uh-huh. and you just yeah, die, yeah. La, right so i actually contemplated uh Wow. Committing suicide, and I thought that was the only way I could get out of the situation. Oof. Yeah. What was the moment that changed? Ah. So, when I was in that, I was I was in tears. I was crying, and I didn't want to go home because mm. I didn't want to go back into the house, right? Um, and explain yet another time that mm. I was going through things, right? For some reason, right? Um, this guy I know, he wasn't my best friend. But he was one of the people that knew what I was going through. Uh, he called me. I looked at the phone and says, I really don't want to speak to anybody now. He called me again for some reason, right? So for some reason, I felt this inclination to pick up his phone. So I picked up his phone call and I started talking to him. He asked me, how am I? Things like that, right? What am I doing? Right? And after about 10 minutes, right? <clears throat> he asked me his question. He says, Raymond, can I ask you something? I said, what? Can I ask you what are you grateful about? So I says, how, how can you ask me? In this time, I'm describing to you my situation. How miserable you are. Yeah, and uh, all that. I know how, what am I grateful about. Yeah. I'm grateful about nothing. Right? Everything is collapsing in my life. I'm grateful for nothing. Then he continued to ask me again. No, no, no. There must be something. He asked me again. And I scolded him again. And he asked me again. He asked me about like four to five times. Hmm. And finally, I just got so fed up, right? I says that, okay, 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 right? If 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 I answer to... you like something like right, you would just shut up. Okay, I just need you to shut up. So he said, sure. So then I, I answered, I said, okay, I, I'm grateful that I have you to talk to. Oh. Right? And for some weird reason, everything started to change. I know it sounds very cliche, mm. but maybe you have to be in that moment to realize. And he said, thank you. Right? Um then, then I says, then, then he says, okay, maybe it's time for you to go home now. So then I went home. Then the next morning, he called me again. <laughs> asked me the same stupid question, no? right? And he called me every single day for the next five days, asking me the same exact question. question. What are you grateful for? And every day I answered him. Mm. And that was in 2009. Mm. Since 2009 to today, I've never stopped asking myself, what am I grateful for? every single morning oh wow you see there you go yeah. why well, just this simple phrase but a lot of us don't practice that that's why there's always the gratitude journal yes that we need to count our blessing but yeah. the word is so easy right to do that practice and talking about practice this guy started a program recently <laughs> which i'm i'm still trying to come up with the list of things okay <laughs> And he started this program called a 77 days program. Mm. So maybe you can share a little bit more about this 77. Mm. I think, you know, it's like entrepreneurs, sometimes we also need a support team to yeah. keep us accountable because we are the bosses. The, our staff comes to us, but 
we need someone to like, hey, you know, I need a community, I need a tribe to make us feel, I'm not alone, you know, I, I always feel that that's the part I get up of, uh, I mean, most about EO is that I'm not alone. Like, mm. I, I, I have people that I can speak to because a lot of times when you speak to maybe your spouse or your friend who are not entrepreneurs, they don't understand the stress that we go through. Like, you know, when business goes down and then you have family issue, uh, sometimes it's hard to tell people. And then when you, uh, I realized uh, sitting in a car and contemplating or crying in a car is quite common uh, in mm -hmm. all entrepreneurs. <laughs> it's like, SOP, you know, SOP. SOP. Have you cried today? Yes. <laughs> Have you cried in a car? Yes. <laughs> cried in a car? Have you yes. Cried alone? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's like there's no one we can, like, hey, I need to talk about, right? <laughs> it's always uh, it's sitting in a car and like, I, I had it, you know? Yeah. And then you, you, yeah, so I, I think this is our SOP. La. Correct. <laughs> but I think the gratitude journal is very helpful and I'm very glad. Uh, I do a different exercise from you, um, but it's quite similar. So your lowest point was that then how did you, do you, will you think that, that just asking yourself every day, what am I grateful for, help pick you up, you know, step by step and then uh, eventually got you out from that pit hole? Definitely. So I'll share with you the, the reflection on, on why this worked. Right? Mm. And, and why, why the 77-day challenge, yeah. right? So I think firstly, what I reflected back, I didn't understand. I didn't understand why, why it worked in the past. But then as in reflection, so I understand now uh, that sometimes we all want our day to be of a certain way. Mm -hmm. But really how our day will be is how we start it. Mm. You know, people are always saying that, oh, you've got to be positive. Start your day in a positive note, right? But how do you how? become yeah. positive, right? You can't become positive. You have to be positive. Mm. So I think the minute I told myself, what am I grateful for? The way that I was, my, you know, the, how people say laws of attraction, right? You, you, are, you attract who you are, right? Mm -hmm. So the minute I was grateful, my whole energy changed. Change. And the minute my energy changed, I started to think a lot more creatively. Mm. So after that week, right, I started to think, hey, actually, yeah, if I just keep on ignoring my suppliers and I don't pay my suppliers, right, I will continue to suffer and they will also suffer. And if they suffer, they'll make me suffer even more. Uh -huh. Why don't I just call them and I just give them a, a deal? Yeah. And I, I thought that they wouldn't do a deal. I thought they would just be very angry at me. Mm. So I picked up the courage and I called my suppliers and said, hey, you know what? Look, obviously you know I'm ignoring your calls. So obviously, if you keep calling me, I'm not going to pay you. But because I can't, can you do me a favor? Right? I can't pay you at all. But if you give me 12 months, um, I'll pay you this amount every month. And, and I'll pay you an additional 2% to 3% mm. every time I pay you. Wow. So in the end, you will get more. Mm. But it helps me in my cash flow. Mm. And you will get paid. Right? And majority of them says, okay. Yeah. Right? Exactly. So that creativeness came when my energy was different. Mm. So, so that, and then the rest of the stuff is just more of negotiating. Yeah. How I bounced back was just negotiating mm. and just finding a win-win situation out of everything. True. Right? I didn't need to win in everything, but I needed to make sure that both of us won. So you started that and then how long did it take you to get out from that? It took me a total of about almost two years mm. to get out of it. Um, I also looked at my whole business model and I knew that that business model wouldn't work anymore because there was competition, there was too, too much competition already in yeah. that space. So I knew I had to pivot. I, need, I knew I needed to change. And that was a big business lesson. Mm. And the business lesson is what works today is not going to work tomorrow. tomorrow yes. And we must always be in this constant ask of ourselves, Absolutely. what do I need to do differently today? Mm. Even though our business is at a high, we have to constantly ask, what do I need to do differently? Yep. We always must change because everyone is changing. Correct. Yeah. Right? I remember, I, I, I mean, I can relate to this and also uh, resonate because when my mom... Uh, when I wanted to start, you know, I was helping my mom with my dad's business and it was really an industry that I don't know much. And every time I wanted to change, my mom keeps saying, no, don't change anything. And I think because everything else is changing and she's not changing and it's very difficult. And that's when I, I decided, 
you know, enough lah because mm. I really can't help her and to let go and then start my own. So yeah, I think businesses um, is constantly changing and I don't think, I don't think it's just business, even people, mm. right? Uh, the only constant is change. And yeah. I think once you accept that change is part and parcel of life, then you're not angry when people change or mm. when things changes, but how do you embrace change? You know, how do you embrace um, challenges? I think that's always that mindset. And I think that the vibration of energy is very important. Once you have law of attraction, because, you know, we both also, I think the secret and the TF Ecker and all that, uh, really just setting out that law of attraction was something that I learned a lot. Yeah. And I still remember how I got my partner was because of law of attraction. Mm. Okay, believe it or not, maybe if you're single or whatever, maybe try this exercise. <laughs> and it worked for me, but after two years. So uh, a friend of mine said, hey, because I, I got off a long relationship and then she said, oh, uh, I heard about this exercise, you know, you should try this. So she asked me to write out what I wanted uh, in a personality of my character of my partner. So I said, okay, I'll write it. And I said, after you write it, try to get a photograph of the guy too. And then put it, if you are, if you are right-hander, you put it on the right-hand side of your bed. You're left-hander, you put it on the left-hand side of your bed. And every night you just visualize uh, the guy, the partner. So I did that, you know, for almost, I think a year. Every night before I sleep, uh, I would look at the guy. Uh, the guy I had was the actor, uh, Daniel Henley. He's uh, ABC. I, I don't think he acts as much anymore. <laughs> but, you know, so I visualized him. And then for first year, I think the guys I dated were like, nowhere close to this lease. So at one point I was like, ah, forget it. You know, I was moving house. I kept it. And then it took about, yeah, two years. Then I met my partner and I forgotten the lease, but I remember what they were, right? Because every night is the same, same visualization. And then one day I found that list and I said, oh, baby, you want to take a look at how many checks you did? And I realized he ticked most of it. I think it was a near close 90%. Even the part about uh, uh, um, the adopt, uh, adopting children, whether uh, people were open to it. I mean, my partner needs to be open to that. And I remember our second date, we talked about it. Like, how open are you with adopting? So yeah, law of attraction, man. Wow. If you haven't found out about this, yes. uh, go and check out The Secret. Yeah. I think they have a new one coming out. So The Secret, I think, is on YouTube as well. Uh, you can go and find it out. So don't keep chasing, okay? Don't chase happiness. <laughs> Attract happiness. So, so, so did you, like, on your second date, you take out the photo and say, I was looking for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But you know, I have to tell you something. So, so the first part I say, uh, preferably someone with like a sort of influence overseas, because you know, I think my I was very unusual Asian. Uh. Yeah. And then the second, like I said, uh, no, 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 not true. He's the first Angmo I'm with, okay. right? So, and very, very frankly, uh, my partner is actually a fake French. Uh. He doesn't eat cheese. Okay, so <gasps> that's why he's a fake French. I'm more French than him. I eat cheese. I eat the bluest cheese, whatever it is, and then. So the second criteria was that he has to be 1.75 meter to 1.8. And he is 1.75 meter. <laughs> and then he's so proud, like, I'm, I'm 1.75. You see, like I said, you sure not? Or you tiptoe. <laughs> so anyway, yes, law of attraction. I think mm. it does work. Uh, but be it patient, does. you know, and don't think that, oh, today I set this list, tomorrow I'm going to meet him. It takes years of practice to write. Yeah. So you talk about your lowest point. What about your highest point in your life? I know you have many, uh? yeah, your highest one, <laughs> your heartbeat. Wow, I, I don't actually rank any one of them the highest. Mm. So I think um, I always believe in the concept of moments. Mm. And moments work in the low, moments also work on the high. Mm. Um, every one of those are moments. And moments come and moments go. Mm. So it has helped me to go through uh, bad times yeah. by understanding that it's just a moment. Mm. And moments are fleeting. And too. moments, yeah, correct, right? So, so uh, highs is things like whenever I I got presented with an uh, with an award, that's a high moment. Sure, it's a recognition of achievement. I guess my most recent high is that I've gone to another phase of life now, right? Mm. Um, and over the last four years, I started a business academy. I will never ever do education business in the past. Okay, right. So out of the 11 business, um, I will always ask myself, is this business scalable? Okay. Mm -hmm. And education business is not one which is scalable. Mm. Or rather, the one that I'm doing today. This is about teaching, right? Mm. So if you don't teach, you don't earn. Mm. Right? So I'll never do it. Um, 
So it was a it was kind of a calling, right, to do this. And I guess the 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 highs is now uh, listening and uh, understand, or rather, just hearing back the words of encouragement, or when they actually get the results. So wow. I've many of my uh, students or mentees. Um, they've grown their business, and not only that, right? Mm. So how I teach business owners is not just about business growth. It's also mm. about how you become a better person, person yeah. right? In general, right? Um, and these are all the lessons of me being too arrogant in the past, you know, and things like that, right? The humility of it. Exactly. Um, so yes, here hearing all these stories back, that is a high for me. Yeah. Wow. Right? Um, how they have become a better person, a better father, a better mother, mm. a better business person, how they're able to find that balance, mm. right? Yeah. I was... Uh, I was invited to a someone's annual dinner mm. just just last week, and uh, and she says she says that hey, you have to come. So she's a Singaporean, so she had an annual dinner in uh, Malaysia, and she says you have to come. I says, but it's your annual dinner. Mm. She says, no, 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 you just come lah. It's my guest. It's okay lah. But I've a I've an event. So it's the it's the Steve McGowan event uh, night, oh. right? So I said I have an event. It's okay, okay. What time do you end? She's ten o'clock. It's okay. So I ended at nine thirty. I rushed yeah. over and I reached the head hotel at 10.01 or 10.02. So I walked in the room, right? They were already finishing, right? The minute I walked in, she says, oh, you're here. Okay, good, good, good. She immediately went up the stage, stage. Yeah. right? And she, she says, come, come, come. I says, wait, what, what's going on? <laughs> I just came here. I wanted to pass you a gift. What's going on? She come, 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 right? She brought me up on stage uh, and she started to do this speech and an introduction, right? To a team of about almost 100 people. Okay. Uh, says, everybody, I want you to meet this person. Uh-huh. Right? Six years ago, I met him. Um, and, you know, um, I was with him in a, in, a, in, a, in a seminar. And this seminar was talking about culture. And after that seminar, I looked at him. She looked at, I looked at him, right? And then we started talking. Uh, and that was a period I was going through some one of the toughest time in yeah. In this company, yeah. oh, right? and people were leaving and this and that, and I couldn't. Yeah, I, I just couldn't think of how, how this business would progress. And I was that time she was only in Singapore. Mm. Now she's in five different countries. Wow! Right, and I was talking her through that period, and then I now she's she's in five countries. She has a hundred people coming to an event dinner, <laughs> and she stood up there to introduce me as the person that changed the. Uh, her life. life and uh, the business her life. Business. I was going wow. Like, wow. Oh my wow. God, that's impressive. I was so shy, like, you know, yeah. wow, wow, hey, this is your end of dinner. Like, don't, don't, don't. And you didn't chill, know chill, about chill. this I didn't before. know. I wow. didn't know. See, it is, I think it, uh, a lot of times the legacy that we leave behind is really about people's life, right? And I guess you truly will do that and you have done that. Even I told you, like, the conversation we had. I, I remember, mm. I still remember. So uh, one day when I have many countries, okay, yeah, I yeah. Invite, invite you to invite. the annual dinner. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, you know that we always talk about legacy. Yeah. What about, uh, you know, the fact that we all have different journeys, but mm. our destinations uh, is the same. So have you ever thought about your farewell? Like how you want your party or how you like your wow. farewell to be or funeral to be? Incidentally, right, mm. in the past, I've, I've, I've always been asking myself, right, what would people say about me at my funeral? Mm. So I was always imagining this scene, right, of me looking at the whole funeral, right, me, my dead body there, and people were just talking about me. <laughs> and just looking and I'm just at just eavesdropping, <laughs> what are you saying about me? What, what, what better are you saying about me, right? <laughs> and then... And, and I, I guess, in a way, I wanted to... I wanted to create this impact la, yeah right um so i'm not looking for like a party i'm not looking for your display you know, of your whiskeys no <laughs> it's no no so huh? I, I i really i really just want if there's anything right uh-huh. um uh if there's anything i would like to know right if there's one thing i would i would dream about about happening right is that when i die the people that have probably uh, been impacted in any way with regards to any of my business teaching or anything, mm. would come together and just write a book perhaps together Oh wow! Uh, and share stories of how, what the journeys that they've gone through and put it and collectively in a book so that mm. those stories can impact others. Lah. 
Exactly. It's like the tools of the Titan, right? Mm. But it's like your end of your work, but not done by you work. Yeah. You know? Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah. There's a book uh, called The Trillion Dollar Coach. Trillion Dollars Coach. If you've, okay. not watched, if you've not read it, right? Uh-huh. It's a book written by all the top CEOs uh-huh. uh, in like the CEO of Google, mm. uh, the CEO of uh, all the top CEOs okay. um, of their coach. Oh. And he was never a book writer and he would never ever write a book. Interesting. But they all became top companies in because the world. Of- bec- and one of the things they attributed was because of him. He was the coach. So after he died, they all came together to write the <gasps> book. And it's one of my favorite books. Oh my God, I'm going to read it. So yeah. do you have a title for your book? I don't. <laughs> When you I've think about it, let me, will, let, me, let me know, okay? And then I'll, I'll be in charge when I'm still around, like, if I'm still around, you know, um, to, to ask all your mentee, oh like, okay, gosh. everybody, we need to get yeah. together. Yeah. My book will probably be called Sucker for Torture. A sucker for Torture, I like that. <laughs> sucker for Torture. The, the, what, the ways oh. to get you to success, you know. Yeah. So, in, you know, for our audience, uh, as a closing, what would you say would be the message that you want to leave with them? Wow. Wow. Um, I think there's a lot. Um, I think for me, at the end of the day, um, maybe we have always to go through different challenges, different things, different achievements, different things in life. Mm. But I realized that at the end of the day, the one word that we all should be looking out for is the word peace. Peace. Yeah. So we can, and I've, I've gotten many achievements, but I've also, in those achievements, I've been very troubled. I've gotten many different challenges, but I, I, I thrive in those challenges. And I look at all the different parts of all that, right? And I find that the times, whether it's a good time or a bad time or a challenging time, if I can come to terms and I understand why it has to happen and why it has to be that way, is when I feel peaceful. Mm. And I think if we can thrive, or rather we can strive towards anything, good or bad, to achieve peace, wow. that is the ultimate goal. Wow, peace. You know, this is where we say peace out. <laughs> peace out. But you know, I think peace is just being the word. Um, it's just embracing and, mm. and coming to terms with that. I really like that. I think big challenges or positivity mm. or even just gratitude, you know, the, that that's always finding that equilibrium, yeah. right? That you want to find that peace and be comfortable with that. So, ladies and gentlemen, you hear that uh, from Ray Raymond Chow from Malaysia. Thank you so much for coming today, and thank you for sharing your very very lovely whiskey. I keep drinking, you know. Like <laughs> I think my my face is quite red, really, but it's a really really nice whiskey. You should tell us the whiskey, yes. whiskey podcast. If you're ever interested, it's called Nika Coffee Coffee. What's the word? Brand. Oh, yes, green. there you go. Yeah, they, 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 we're not sponsored by them, but I think they should. But we wish to be sponsored, yeah. Yeah, they, they should after this. <laughs> so, thank you for joining us for another episode of Dying to Meet You. Today, I've really, really learned a lot and I hope you have. So, waking up with a positive vibe, you yeah, just asking yourself a very simple phrase, which is, what are you grateful for every day? I think that would be a great kickstart for the rest of your day. And until our next episode of Dying to Meet You, thank you, Ray. Thank you for your session. Thank you. Death has always been a certainty. That's what I like about Anjali. It has to be a celebration. Endless topics that we can talk about. Whatever you leave behind, that's the impact that you leave on.